0: The John Crocker and Associates Property Management Newsdesk podcast. Brought to you in association with Palace, great property management software at getpalace.com, and Moving House Property Video, bringing your listing to life at movinghouse.net.nz. Today, we catch up with Brisbane-based property management expert Andrew Reese. Andrew founded Pro Rentals in 1998 before selling the firm in 2011. Andrew's latest venture, Inspect Real Estate, is a customised, agent-branded online booking system that allows prospective tenants or buyers to automatically book inspections online for properties. Andrew joins your host, John Crocker and Associates, David Faulkner, to discuss everything from his experience in the property management industry in Australia and his thoughts on the state of the New Zealand industry. Thank you for
1: listening to the New Zealand Property Management Podcast. I'm your host, David Faulkner. To start this series, we have an exclusive two-part interview with the founder of Inspect Real Estate, Andrew Rees. In the first part of the interview, Andrew's going to talk to us how he got started in property management in Brisbane back in the late 90s. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, David. Great to be here. No, it's great to have you here and uh, we're very fortunate to have someone with such experience in the industry and can also give us an Australian perspective uh, on the property management industry and how he sees it evolving in New Zealand. Now, firstly, what I want to ask you is: I mean, you started property management. You got into property management quite a quite a while ago, back in 1998, I believe. That's correct. Yep. And you had a very successful business there in, in Brisbane, in Queensland, Pro Rentals. Can you tell me what got you started into property management?
2: Uh, I suppose when I was. Um uh, you know, young whippersnapper, I always wanted to open up my own business. Yeah. So I did accounting because uh, my father told me to. And then with my good friend James Chalmers, we started writing letters to each other what we thought was the ideal business. And uh, at the time, I was an um, accountant consultant to 25 different uh, real estate offices across southeast Queensland. And I wrote to James and said, I really do believe that uh, property management is an ideal business and it is right there under our nose. And a couple of reasons for that, our criteria to look for a successful ideal business that had to be commission driven. We didn't wanna be just based upon the hours that we worked. Secondly, we wanted to be able to build an asset that we thought was easily readily sold and purchased. Thirdly, um, we looked for something that probably was a necessity, so it was consumed during its um, function. Uh, Fourth thing, we wanted to make sure that the banks would lend against it. So based on those sort of criteria, I rang James and said, I think it's property management. At the time I was consulting to 25 different real estate officers who really focused on sales. So we were one of the very first 100% one hundred percent focused property management businesses, and all we did was property so management. So
1: purely one hundred percent property management. That's correct. Okay, so I mean, I mean, you obviously started with a very very small amount. How many did you start with?
2: Uh, well, we purchased thirty one off um, Brad Jackson at a Remax office in Tawong and we were an independent contractor, so we hired the office and uh, bought his thirty one for fifty thousand yeah. dollars, and then eventually grew that to one thousand seven hundred and fifty six. One thousand
1: um, seven hundred and fifty six properties.
2: That is correct. Without a sales business. Um, Our our goal um, when we first kicked off was to get to 10,000. That was sort of the goal of ProRenals and to float the business was going to be our engine strategy. But along the path, um, we... Um, I suppose as we continued to grow, we realised that the bigger you get, the more difficult it is going to uh, be to sell the business, yes. so after the 10 years as we were sort of floating around trying to reevaluate what our goal was, yeah. um, and it ultimately became to uh, sell the business, which mm-hmm. was broken into 11 separate parcels, mm-hmm. so went to 11 separate agencies.
1: Right, well, we we th- come, we'll come on to that and sort of space <laughs> how you handled that later <laughs> on, that must have been uh, quite a challenge. <laughs> so back then in 1998, you, you, you identified then, a lot of these real estate companies really didn't put much of an emphasis on property management. Why do you think that was the case?
2: I think that um, primarily the fees that are generated through uh, sales um, uh, are much higher than property management, and, and traditionally back at that point in time, yeah, it was a very secondary sister. It was the sort of the business, and and franchise groups, for example, do not really charge much franchise fees on rent rolls, so the focus really wasn't put on it. Um, I read a Macquarie Bank um, uh, report last week, which said that 44% of all revenue for a real estate agency is uh, now generated from a property management business, yeah. which is um, you know really should then be uh, half their effort should be in it.
1: Yeah. yeah, so how things have changed, because what, what I believe happened uh, following the great financial crisis, a lot of sales companies obviously started to see a fair bit of the revenue dry up from the sales, and it's only then that they started to have a much more of a greater focus on property management, so you were really, I mean, realistically, you were 10 years ahead of your time.
2: Yeah, well it's definitely, um, again, being a consultant accountant for a lot of these real estate agents who spent a lot of time focusing on sales, and and to me, I looked at what the true value of the business was. Um, As as preparing a monthly report for them, you would look at their rent roll, say uh, back then each management was worth $2,000 each. So if they had 100, that was a $200,000 asset, which they pretty much ignored. Um, and then, if they put some energy into it and were able to double that, uh, then their uh, asset, of course, would be worth uh, twice that. I've actually got some calculators online which people can um, go online and have a look at, which is at www.inspectrealestate.com.au calculators, right. which um, people are welcome to go and they put in what their average commission rate is, what their uh, weekly rent is, and it will uh, calculate the value of their rent roll. So, what was
1: that again for our listeners?
2: Like www inspectrealestate.com.au slash calculators. Excellent. So I'll give you the uh, link as well so you can let everyone know on the podcast.
1: Yeah, no, super. So, I mean, we we touched on the base that you said that you had a plan Mm -hmm. to get to 10,000. So when you started the business... How important was planning to you to achieving your business goals? Oh, vital. Um, if you actually
2: look at that calculator uh, that I've just given you, well, how I got the goal of 10,000 is at least to meet with clients and say, well, this is a, what you do at 100. If we could double your rent roll at 200, this will be the return. And one day, you know, for a laugh, I put in 10,000 into my own calculator. and saw the value of what that was worth and the revenue that was generating. That became the goal. Once you set the goal you've got the vision and you've got what you're shooting for. And you know where you are now at 31, so you just basically join the dots backwards. So you sit down and and planning is describing what would a business with 10,000 managements look like. So we had 25 leasing people, we would have had 25 um, cars. Back then in
1: 1998, what was your plan and how did you implement it?
2: Well, the goal that we'd set was to get ten thousand properties. Sorry, I've got the numbers wrong there. Um, To get ten thousand properties and to uh, float the business. Uh, So once you set the vision and the goal, and you know where you are at thirty-one, you're then able to just join the dots. Um, By setting the vision or the goal, uh, you're then able to analyze and describe what that business would then look like i.e. you would have 10,000 keys hanging on a wall, you'd have 25 leasing people driving around in the cars, Um, how many property managers would you need to have 10,000 properties under management? So you design that business, and you might call it an imaginary vision, and then if you know you're at 31, you just join the dots. And uh, how long it'll take you to get there is to me about whether you want to focus on profit or whether you want to focus on growth because I think it's very hard to have a profitable, growing property management business. If you look at our business, our last year we brought in 3.7 million in fees and it cost me 3.6 to go to work. But we added 432 properties in one year. How that happened was all the all the labour involved in growing that rent roll because yes. that was our goal was to to grow it, not to really take profit out of it. So the money that we generated, we put back on the table to continue to grow it. So
1: what you're saying, I think a lot of principals of business owners may make this mistake. It's almost like they want the cake and they want to eat it at the same time they, they wanna grow, but they also wanna hit that bottom line of say, would it be 20 to 30%. You're saying that it's very, very hard, almost impossible to do both. To, 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 so it's to either focus on growth or focus on profitability?
2: Yes, very much so. Because if you look at your, your business, um, uh, to put on one new management, we time map the study. From the time that an owner rings to the time that that tenant moved in on a brand new management, we worked out for it to be 17 hours, Right. okay? So that doesn't even take into account prospecting to get that business. Now, if you look at you put 10 new managements on, Mm. so you've got your team working away, so that's 10 at 17, that's 170 man hours, okay? So that's one new person that you will need to put on 10 managements. If you wanna grow up 50 a month, you need to put five more people on, okay? It's pretty simple math. And so what happens is in a normal organization, those five new people are gonna cost you an arm and a leg because you aren't really getting much revenue from those five people yet because they're growing the rent roll. But if you don't have those five new people, if you've only got one, you're only gonna grow at 10. So it's purely property management's a labor-intensive business so yes. if you can break down the tasks and then you work out how much time involved you've got to have the sufficient resources. Now if you back that right back um, to the fact of if you set a goal of a thousand properties then you need a thousand key tags you yeah. need the computers you need the people and you need to get that all in place now so a big cement mixer can pull up and just hand the managements to you and you're ready for it.
1: And that's a that's a key aspect there is if you want growth you've got to be structured for all that growth I can see how you're an accountant when you're talking about how many hours it takes to, to bring to the management. Only an accountant would come up with an answer like that. Well, so, if you can streamline
2: the practices and you can do it in 14 hours, yeah. okay, and that's a three-hour saving right across 50 managements, That's where you can make efficiencies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly, I mean, you would have had speed bumps along the way uh, and your challenges. Yes. So, I mean, in the early days, you know, can we look back and? There's things that you would have done in those early days that you may have done differently now. What mistakes did you make or what, what bad I you mean in terms of recruitment, in terms of development of product? What were the key things that you, you would change?
2: Uh, well, I suppose each of the speed bump that we hit then provided us with the opportunity to look at our system and try and improve. Okay, Probably the most um, outstanding one that occurred was in the early days we put on a property manager, um, like the industry had done, mm. and uh, we paid that person a minimum mm. amount, and then tried to poke as many managements down the throat of that person that we possibly could. Yes. Okay. Now the results weren't very good, yeah. as you'd expect. They didn't want to grow their portfolio. They, yeah. they um, didn't really care, they didn't really do a vacay. Um, and I had at the time a a portfolio myself that I handed over to this person and it really just went home driving one day thinking, man, how are we ever going to get to 10,000 properties when uh, we have, you know, a person like this who really just doesn't care. So we had to change that attitude. And I, I looked at the fact of, um... My old boss, um, when I was an accountant, if he would have put me on a percentage of the tax returns that I was generating, Mm -hmm. um, I would have um, never left. I would still be there churning out tax returns. So the same theory was sort of playing around in our minds that if we put on a property manager and incentivize them, Based on the um, number of properties they look after, how much revenue they then generated, um, they would all of a sudden start to care about if it was vacant, start Mm -hmm. to care about the vacate, start to care about are the pitches as they should be on the internet to find the tenant fast. Um, And that was a real point of difference for us in relation to realizing that the traditional model of trying to poke as many properties down a property manager's throat wasn't going to work. Yeah. And that hurt through that yeah. process, and we lost a few managements until we changed our structure yeah. um, to be a, a um, commission driven um, and paid our team a percentage of the revenue generated. And then the business really just started to fly.
1: Okay, so you changed from like, paying them what, a salary or put them onto a commission based structure, and that really saw the business move up onto another level and start to see it grow. That's correct. Yeah, so uh, in, that may have had its risks as well though, cause I mean, obviously, you know, the property managers are, are managing say X amount of properties and they're incentivized to grow the business. How do you manage the, the, the workload? Cause there's, there's gotta be limitations as to what one property manager can look after.
2: Oh, very much so, yes. So they would determine their own level. Okay, so right. I would not sit down and say, you need to manage X or Y. We'd, we'd talk together to, to form a yearly goal i.e. they might've wanted to buy an investment property or they might've wanted to go overseas on a holiday um, they, so, you,
1: so you actively sat down with your staff and did planning with them and goal setting with them on an individual basis? Exactly. Yeah. And they were given
2: the chart, the same as that commission calculator, and they would put in their own number to what they wanted to achieve yeah. and the number of properties that they needed to achieve that. And then we would work with them to get that. Um, it's a bit like a buffet, I suppose. And, and uh, you, you know some people could overeat, but logically, most people go to a buffet and once they're full, they're full. Buffet. A, a, a yeah. property manager, same thing, is that there's only a certain number of hours that they have yeah. and there's only a certain number of properties, Uh, we have really strong KPI management, um, of course, but a lot of that was still based upon the individual wanting to achieve their goal
1: first. Right. Okay. So you're talking there about the KPIs in terms of measurement. How did you measure the business? How did you measure their performance? What key performance indicators did you use um, for pro-rentals?
2: Um, so every um, person who worked with us signed a position description which had three pages of KPIs on the end of it. Um, so three we, pages of yes, KPIs. three pages of KPIs. And I'm happy to supply probably the one that they will most like the most and that is the KPIs we use for our business development offices. So I can yes. give you the link of that that you yep, can let, yep, you, yep. let yep. your, um, your um, listeners hear. Um, so primarily they were based around um, arrears, okay, yep. um, vacancy um, and also growth. And so uh, those particular KPIs um, that that they used to really focus on was to ensure the things that were important to owners, Mm -hmm. i.e. they didn't want vacant property, they wanted the tenant to pay the rent on time. Um, But because of the fact that they were paid a percentage, there already was an inherent KPI. And what I mean by that, again, if the property was vacant, yeah. the owner didn't get paid, either did the yeah, property yeah, manager. Absolutely. And if they put it, not the best tenant in the property, and then the tenant didn't pay the rent, yeah. that then would impact the property manager. So there was that big inherent KPI that existed. And, and, in, and when you have a tenant who applies for a property, you can actually say to them, hi, uh, I work here at Pro uh, I'm incentivized. Um, I don't get paid unless you pay the rent. If you're not gonna pay the rent, don't rent this property from us because we are going to chase you for it. And all tenants, I think the dodgy ones know they're dodgy and they don't want to rent from someone who's going to harass them, all right? Right. So um, just be upfront about it.
1: Yeah, you you touched on there, you're almost leading to probably one of the next questions that I want to ask. If the staff are being paid commission, is there a risk that they are just prepared to take on any stock to get the numbers up, to get the revenue. And no, it's
2: actually the complete opposite. And one of the big benefits there was, is that um, a property manager could determine their own fees. Right. So they wanted it to be higher, okay? So, so our- let me get
1: that right. Your property managers determine their fee. Yes. Okay, so, so Pro Rentals, they didn't have a set, this is your property management fee, it was the property managers who set their fees
2: basically so we have a standard fee of eight percent but when we go out and meet with an owner and that's how much do you charge the answer is well who would you like to use within our firm nice. and so uh, and that you know you can either choose like i just said my knee reconstructed you can either choose your surgeon who's just started or here's someone who's <laughs> eight or nine years into the profession you probably pay another four or five hundred dollars to have that proper surgeon operate on your leg yeah, same yeah, as with yeah. proranols is that The long-term people, Priscilla and Lauren, who'd be managing a significant portfolio for a long period of time, they're the real McCoys, right? And and a sophisticated property investor will pay the extra 2 bucks a week to have a 9% property manager who is there for a long term. Now, if if someone who's just joined us may have a smaller portfolio, is new, gets all part of the pro Rental systems, but they might be at 8%. Now, to answer your question, our, our lister or new business person might go out and get a new listing, and it could come back and it's at 6%. Nobody in the team wanted it.
1: Right. So what would happen? Well,
2: it's it's a bit like he knew that. Yeah. And if he had to then go back to the property managers and try and sell it to them. So if he's out doing a listing presentation, the owner says, will you do it for 6%? The answer is no, because no. <laughs> the team doesn't want it. yeah, yeah. And but, but you explain to the owner how we work, you know, yeah. and, and the big line that James came up with, which was just fantastic, was that our interests are aligned with... The owner. Yes. Okay. So the property manager's interests are aligned with the owner. And that was a wonderful way we, we phrased it. And what that was is that our property manager, like the owner, cared if it was vacant. Yeah. And they cared if the tenant didn't pay the rent on time. It was the same. And we wanted higher rents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, bringing back that, that joint relationship really had a, a major impact. And then the owners understood that, oh, well, perhaps I don't want to chip in for half a percent.
1: So the, so, and, and when you talk about getting your rents or properties and the property manager's interest, to get the rents up because then that reflects in their pay. Yes. As one of the mistakes that I see quite often in in businesses that you go and see is that rent reviews aren't done, it's almost one of the forgotten things. Yes. That's the
2: best way. For a property manager, if they got another 30 or $40 a week rent on their portfolio, that's 20 less properties they had yeah. to manage and earn the same revenue. Yeah. Okay, So yeah, they would have their own rent review meetings. It was quite amazing. They would sit around and yell out, what about this? What about that? We also renewed all of our stock in January, which was the peak time of the year because we could get another 20 to $25 a yeah. year. It, it was very hurtful for the business because we had 405 properties on the rental list at one point in time. It's yeah. so a lot of changeover, yeah. but it then really enabled us to maximize the rent and the return which again helped the owner and the property manager.
1: Right, so January, February, obviously huge months in terms of revenue. Yes. Uh, And that's probably a similar pattern in New Zealand. How did your staff cope with all those properties becoming available? Uh, Because obviously they've got to get slammed, aren't they, for that first month of the year?
2: it's hard. Um, I suppose what we really did was focus on that when it comes to March, we won't have any more vacates and we've done the majority of our rollover. So then we can focus on growth and training. And uh, so yeah, uh, everyone who started with us during the initial interview, I'd say, um, it's like working here at Colesmire. And as yeah. at Christmas, it's really, really busy. You yeah. can't have any time off because yeah. that's peak season. So it was just the culture that um, during the um, December, January, February period,
1: it's all hands on deck. That's super, right. Now, can I just come on to the, the actual structure yes. of, of Pro Rentals? I mean, we see different uh, setups, you know, there's probably not as much task-based now, A lot of the setups that we see though in New Zealand are predominantly portfolio based. Uh, Can you explain how your setup was at Pro Rentals?
2: Very much so. It came about from our first ever owner, his name was David Quang. He was with us from the start to the end. So he was our sounding board that we would go and talk to about how he wanted us to manage properties on his behalf. And uh, he said to us that he wanted a single point of contact.
1: Right, yes. Okay.
2: And um, I understood that because I bank with um, you know, a bank and I just want to have a single point of contact yeah. who that person then maybe have other people within them or help them within the team. So that was the ethos of what it was about. Now that single point of contact was again rewarded and incentivized yes. to look after that property. Um, so what the portfolio manager would do would be completely accountable for that property. Now he would not then or she receive the rent they would have the administration team who would receive the rent, but every single statement was printed out and put on the desk for the property manager to check. Now, if the property was vacant, the property manager could either have the leasing section help, or they could try and lease it themselves. So we ended up with four key divisions in our business which was the portfolio managers or the property management section, the administration section, which did all the receiving of the rent, payment of invoices, um, and then there was the leasing section, Mm -hmm. um, which were tend to be our new up and coming property managers who would start them off in leasing. They would start at 10 in the morning and work to seven at night. Um, the idea being they are available for more of the times that tenants wanted to see the properties. And then the fourth division was our new business you know, generating section. So each of them had uh, those little pillars, but ultimately the property manager was responsible for everything to do with that property from start to end. So the owner
1: just had that one point of contact. That's that, correct. That, and if there was any accountability, it ended with the property manager. But there's literally there's a team. So what you're talking about is a pod system where you've got more or less a, a sales aspect of the business and a process aspect of the business. I'm David Faulkner and you've been listening to an exclusive interview with founder of Inspect Real Estate, Andrew Rees. Join us in part two of the interview where Andrew shares with us all the growth strategies he used to grow Pro Rentals to be one of the largest property management companies in Brisbane. Andrew will also talk to us about what he's up to now and what Inspect Real Estate can do for your business. I want to thank our key sponsors, the team at Moving House, and also to Palace Property Management Software.
0: The John Crocker and Associates Property Management News Desk Podcast, brought to you in association with Palace, great property management software at getpalace.com, and Moving House Property Video, bringing your listing to life at movinghouse.net.nz. John Crocker & Associates, New Zealand's number one property management consultants. Build your property management business at johncrocker.co.nz.